0: If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group. Just look for Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency hosting bi-weekly educational webinars. You can check out more by visiting keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. If you haven't already, I recommend you connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Lori J. Hybe, and you'll see lots of fun posts around marketing and networking uh, to better educate you. I'm always interested in connecting with my listeners. Today's guest is Andrew Deutsch. I believe I said that correctly. I will find out shortly. He's the founder of Fangled Group, a strategy-first multilingual global marketing and sales consultant has successfully driven business growth in more than 120 countries, driving revenue in the tens of billions of dollars. He is also the host of Fangled Cast Podcast, where incredible guests take deep dives into relevant topics for the business world. Andrew, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Lori.
0: Absolutely. Did I butcher your name? No. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) That's great. Um, So, uh, wow, you've got quite the background really cool stories to share, I'm sure. And um, your podcast just sounds amazing. But let's let's talk a little bit about brand. So what do you mean by converting every touch into a ferocious advocates for your brand?
1: Well, one, one of the things that that gets missed is, you know, in, in the business world, everybody talks about this, this idea of the mission statement. Uh, we, we talk about your brand story mission statement is that thing that goes up on the wall that people talk about to sort of prime themselves before a planning meeting whereas mission statement is really who your company is and 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 the brand is you know really what what are they saying about you when you're not there mm-hmm. so when we talk about converting every touch most companies talk about converting customers into into brand advocates and i think it it falls short so when you when you think about the number of people, and this will feed into our conversation about networking, who don't do business with you, but love your company. I mean, if you go to like a luxury brand, how many people out there love Ferrari but could never own one? So what we talk about every touch is every every person who comes in contact with your employees, your company, your products, your services, leaves going, I wish that I could do business with them. And not only that, I love what they do so much, I'm going to tell people about it. That's what we mean by every touch becoming a voracious advocate.
0: I love that. I That's a fantastic way to look at it. Um, and, and I know another area that you really focus on is as opposed to competitors, you talk about alternatives. What exactly is the difference? It,
1: it's, it's fun. It's a fun one to get because sometimes people say, "Ah, oh, you, you're just splitting hairs, but I'm not. So imagine that you're a manufacturer of construction nails and you ask. Who's your competitors? You say, well, all of these other guys that also make construction nails. And we say, well, a construction nail is a solution to bonding two things together. So your competitors are nails, yes, but the alternative solutions could be screws, it could be adhesive, it could be tape, it could be making products that snap together, it could be twine. All of those are alternative solutions to the problem that the person who's buying a nail would see. So when when we do a quote competitive landscape, it's not just other people who make what you make; it's other people who make solutions to the problem that your product that your product could solve.
0: That's a good analogy with the the, the nail versus the twine. It's you know it, that's a good way to look at it because it's not just the people offering the exact same thing that you're offering. Um, which there's always going to be differences, but yeah, there's definitely. Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, lots of alternatives available
1: out there. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at almost any industry, you'll see that they're always competing against other people who do what they do. The, the airlines are constantly competing against the other airlines when really there's Amtrak, there's Greyhound, there's, there's a rickshaw, depending on what country you're in.
0: <laughs> sure. Um,
1: all of those things can get you where you're going. Not all of them will meet all the needs and be the best solution to your problem. The goal is, how, how do you talk about your company in a way that excites the potential people who have a problem to solve in a way that completely eliminates their need to talk to anybody but you?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way to, to dive into that. And, and it really goes back to that brand story and the advocacy that you mentioned earlier. So um, how can people turn boring video meetings, which we are all having today, into memorable events?
1: The best place to have that conversation of course is on an audio only podcast. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> oh the was, irony, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: I I love it. Now there's there's some, you know, when you when you look at at the typical Zoom meeting, it's a bunch of heads in a box and occasionally people will will do some sort of weird background. They don't have their lighting right. They're you know, you're looking up their nose, they don't have the camera angle. So so there's phase 1 of being better at at, at, in, in terms of video, in terms of meetings and things like that, is getting all of that correct. Yep. But then there's the next level. There's how do you, for example, uh, share your screen in a way that you're really giving the person the impression that you're in the room. And maybe later when you post this, you can put the link to it. But we've, we use an open source software that we teach people how to use that literally creates a TV studio on your computer that shows up in your Zoom meeting and your Blue Jeans in your uh, Teams meetings, so that you can truly control the environment. You can shrink yourself down, put your PowerPoint up, and grow back up if somebody asks a question, so you can re-engage. You can do all that type of stuff, and the same tech works if you're making video. So, when when people get to see you almost as a performer the same way they would if you were in the boardroom with a PowerPoint or a video up on the screen, you can recreate that. It came out of somebody asking the question, how the heck can I be in the room when I can't be in the room? And and we've looked at all these techniques and started teaching how to how to do that as sort of a side project within the Fangle Groups uh, division we call innovation. Um, if, if people wanna check it out, you can look at the virtualpresentercourse.com. And we'll put a link uh, in in the notes for this, so that folks can can sure. get there yeah, directly. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll I'll give you a link with a code built into it. If, if people are interested in it, they can get a discount because they listen to the podcast. Sure. But, but you know, it's it, it's so, you know, it, all of that all of that stuff. If you're a lousy presenter, will make you a lousy presenter with gimmicks. <laughs> if you're, and if you're a good presenter it'll really be able to enhance and, and give you a creative edge so that when three different companies pitch your customer, you're the one they're going to remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we definitely need a way to stand out nowadays since we're not we're physically not in the room. But yeah, to, to I, I like that. Um, how to be in the room when you're actually not. Yep. Um, all right. Yeah, we'll include that information in the show notes, a virtual presenter course. Uh, Thanks, Lori. Absolutely. Um, and Andrew, before we move on into the, the down and dirty around networking, this is a great time to take a quick pause from our sponsor.
1: Social Capital is sponsored by Bamboo Reach. Bamboo Reach, a division of Keystone Click, offers fresh, cost-effective websites and marketing services for the solopreneur and micro-business owner so they can confidently promote their business online. As a small business owner, you have a lot of expertise to offer your ideal customer. Let Bamboo Reach take the stress out of your website development and marketing messaging so that you can grow and focus on what you do well. Visit BambooReach.com to learn more.
0: Andrew, let's talk about networking a little bit. My goal with this podcast is to just alleviate any fears that people may have when they hear that fun word, networking. So can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had?
1: Can I mix it with a little bit of a lesson for the listeners?
0: Absolutely.
1: So it was about, I would say three months ago, I was in a very odd networking group. I was experimenting, trying to see how people would would see the video course that we do. So I went into some networking groups I wouldn't normally join. And there was a gentleman in that networking group who I would, I would put on the scale, most people would, would, would have some not nice things to say, very odd, very odd guy to the point that people were like private messaging each other, what's, what's with this dude? Well, I, I found it interesting and, and looked at what he did and what company he was with and that networking group and connected because I wanted to talk to him just to see a little bit more. And he ended up introducing me to a very good client that we just took on board uh, because it's his, it's his brother who owns the company. So one, one of the things that I always talk about in networking and almost all of the success stories that we've had from truly being able to land clients or getting people to introduce us to important people is don't don't look and judge, ask and listen and recognize the value of folks because it's a powerful, powerful tool to get through doors that you would never get on a cold call.
0: Yeah, it's great advice. And, and, you know, I like that phrase don't judge a book by its cover. And you can't necessarily do that. You really need to ask the intelligent questions, and, and listening will sometimes give you some amazing opportunities, it sounds like.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you, you go into these meetings, and I, I joke about it all the time because I'm not much for cliches, but oh, what's your elevator speech? Mm-hmm. If, if your elevator speech is about the, 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 the bits and pieces of what your company does, don't go to a networking meeting. Tell me what you can do for me
0: uh-huh. and tell me
1: what you're looking for. Um, the fact that you know we are, my company builds websites, doesn't say anything. We've, we've built websites that have taken companies to the next level. We've built e-commerce uh, that took, took companies from X to Y. Talk about the accomplishments of, of who you are in that speech and the networking becomes far more, far more beneficial.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. So Andrew, as you continue to um, reach out and connect and meet new people, how do you stay in front of and best nurture these relationships?
1: Well, it, again, it's about it's about communication. And I, I use kind of two methods. One of them is, is something I learned back in the days before computers were on our desks called backdating. And what I'll do is if I meet somebody and I know that there's going to be a next step, I throw something on my calendar based on a day, not just making a to-do list so that I get to it. Mm-hmm. So I sort of automate it that way. Nice. And, and the other is I, I do have marked on my schedule every day early in the morning, a 30 minute period of time where I go through all of the, the notes that are in a special place that I keep them to make sure that I'm not letting any of the opportunities or the connections that could lead to opportunities slip. And I'm, I'm not above sending somebody a note going, I was in a meeting yesterday talking about something that related to our conversation. Uh, we ought to get back together and, and take it to the next level. It's, it's really you know people people don't get asked questions that really dig into who they are as people, and everybody likes to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. So you know if you if you take your notes and you you keep track in a way that you're not just looking at the data but you're also looking at the the person behind it, so they can feel like you care and you're interested, it it always helps build those relationships. And sometimes people I've met and and known and and you know, every six months or so we touch base, three, four years later turns into something.
0: Yep. Yeah. You never know when when that opportunity or that relationship is gonna kind of fruit into something. Um, one way or another you know beneficial yep. for you for <coughs> them both of you mutually beneficial I mean there's yeah um, that's the beauty of, of creating these yeah. relationships
1: yeah and there's a down there's a downside to it also if you come across someone in a networking group who's just outright objectionable don't don't continue the relationship just because you think maybe it's gonna get you somewhere at some point because in reality you know if <laughs> my One of my favorite expressions, if you sleep near dogs, you get
0: fleas.
1: (laughs) If you've got objectionable people in your network, it's going to draw more objectionable people.
0: A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Stay stay with the positive.
0: Yep. Um, In addition to that sound piece of advice, what um, advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network?
1: To make sure that you're connecting with people and not names. It's, you know, when if, if you send me a connection request on, on LinkedIn because you think that I should be in your network, I, I probably won't respond to it unless there's something in there that's meaningful, either mutually beneficial or, or, or you know, hey, uh, I, I saw your podcast. You talked about this topic. I'd like, I'd like some more information on that. Something that tells me that you're interested in the person, not just, hey, this is a guy with a title. I want him in my network so I can brag that I've got X number of contacts. And then once you connect, don't just pitch somebody. Get to <laughs> yes. get get to know. I, it's it's fascinating to me. You connect with somebody, and within two seconds, it's we have this and you need it. And I always respond, "How do you know?" Yep. And then I disconnect.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a quick disconnect when the the sales pitch comes in strong right after that, and it's quite frustrating that that happens nowadays. But. I'm, I'm curious if anyone's actually even seen results from that strategy.
1: I, I have to think at some point, somebody did. I Just to see, I posted a poll on LinkedIn, I think it was last week. It got 35,000 views, okay? And what it was was, what do you do when you get connect and pitch requests? And the one was I ignore it, the other is I engage, the other is I chastise and report them to LinkedIn for breaking the rules. And the other one was, I I forget, but it was interesting. So many views on that poll and so many comments, but I'm not sure exactly why, but all of the people in the UK sent me private messages and made comments about me being narrow-minded that I would even suggest that people would report people and that I'm the Scrooge. And in the US, nobody, (laughs) nobody thought that way. And I I, th- I thought it was an interesting cultural observation.
0: That is interesting.
1: Yeah, and wow. and folks from the areas that you would expect from Fiverr and otherwise that um, that are constantly doing the pitch, I'm a logo designer, I'm a whatever, sure, inundated me with connection requests, with pitches built into the connection request, <laughs> not understanding that it's the opposite of what I was. What I was looking for it was an interesting sure. experiment.
0: Oh, I bet. Oh, yep. a little, little frustrating in your inbox, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wow, that is interesting. Yep. Um. All right, we're gonna change it up a little bit and give you a couple of fun questions. If you could Uh-oh. go, if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career?
1: Was Was I 20 at one time?
0: <laughs> I'd imagine so.
1: Yeah. Back, back, back when I was in my 20s, I. I was ex- extremely adventurous and bold. It's what took me overseas and all those kinds of things. I, I would probably tell myself to, to be uh, a little bit more cautious financially in terms of, of putting money away than, than I did in those years. Um, but I, I wouldn't have cut back on any of the bold the bold moves that I made that, that created my career. Nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, you are where you are today because of some initial path you took, and it—it it sounds like it's a—it's a solid path overall. <laughs> um, here's another one. We've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with, and do you think you could do it within the sixth degree?
1: Uh, it's a good question. Um, uh, unfortunately, the people I like to connect with most are no longer on the planet, so. Um it would be six feet of uh not six six degrees. Um <laughs> okay. but yeah, I would say um I, I there's a guy, Ian Brenner, who's uh with the Eurogroup, who I would love to have a conversation with. He's a, a brilliant expert in the global the global community.
0: Okay.
1: And I would uh it would either be him or Marshall Goldman, the author of What Got You Here won't get you there. One of the one of the most influential Books oh, I read in my early career, either one of those two. Yeah, that was a good book.
0: I did read that one. Um, how would you start that journey?
1: Oh, I would just go direct. The heck with the six degrees. And <laughs> reach out and, and tell them why and open yeah. the
0: door. Yeah. I mean, we without giving that direct pitch on on LinkedIn, I I I mean, I think nowadays it's so much easier to do that.
1: I'll, I'll be like that guy in the 80s movie and just hold up a radio with Peter Gabriel music playing outside their house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, I'm, I'm a little nervous about giving you this opportunity, but <laughs> I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something you'd like to ask me?
1: If if I were to, to hire you to do a project, what's your superpower?
0: Uh, building a solid strategy that's going to be focused on... The defined goals of the organization.
1: Hey, you're not supposed to be flirting with me on a podcast. <laughs> That's you're speaking my language. One hundred percent. That's you know.
0: There, I, there is
1: no sense going to the toolbox if you don't know what game you're going to be playing and how you want the game to end.
0: Uh-huh. That that is the language that I speak and preach, and uh, so many times people are jumping in just doing something because it's the coolest, latest you know, tactic out there, but there's no, there isn't even a defined goal.
1: (laughs) Yep. They're just doing
0: it just to do it.
1: Yep. One of the biggest disservices in our industry are tactical agencies that don't understand that you have to have a strategy. I, I I would say the majority of the new business that we've had over the last 10 years has been people burned by tactics because they didn't have a strategy.
0: Yeah and that makes it hard to to sell what we offer when they you know they come in with the past experience of oh well we tried this and it didn't work and you know that's when you go let's step back a little bit and not just jump into the latest tactic and let's yep. focus on let's understand your customer and figure out where are they actually hanging out and what is what is the pain that you are the solution for what's going to be the message and just building the full plan before jumping into the deep end.
1: Yeah. It, it's you're, you're, you're absolutely speaking fangled today, even though that's not, not where you work. It's it's so I, I, I get this all the time and I'm sure you've heard this too. Well, this other agency came in and they talked to us and they told us that they could build us this gorgeous website. They could get our social media, completely out there with thousands and thousands of followers. But I don't quite understand why, because we make this really unique niche product and there's only a thousand companies in the world that would ever buy it. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with a hundred thousand followers? Yep. I mean, it's it's a, a, a exaggerated, but a typical scenario that we come across.
0: Yeah, I, I believe that. Um, I, I see it too, you know, or they, they've been, or they tried doing it themselves because they read an article and, you know, like yep. one, one conference or seminar. Um, And they, and it's not working. Um, So that's
1: uh, if it's not working, just do it more.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good approach to take. Let's just put more money into it. Um, (laughs) No, it, you know, this is definitely my passion in addition to what I do professionally. And I, I just love helping people figure out, you know, what is it first off that they're trying to achieve and then say, you know, these are the, these are the tactics that we can consider implementing based on, you know, what we know about your audience, your organization, and the goal yep. at
1: the end of the day. Yep. I imagine you encounter the same two two issues all the time. Companies that think they know their customer that don't. Yep. And companies that think that they know what differentiators matter to the market and don't.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> which is similar to that customer talk. But yeah, that's yep. we put a lot of emphasis on understanding customer you know we do the we do customer interviews on behalf of our clients to really and that's that's where the magic happens honestly it's having that conversation with their customers to figure out why did they buy from you how do they find you what why do you believe i i asked the client first why do you think this client hired you and then i asked the client why did they hire you and more times than not it's a completely different answer uh
1: I, I feel like somebody's echoing everything I've been saying for years. I'm getting a little nervous here. You have a, you have a camera, or a web, uh, you spying on my office? Is that what's I, going I on? I
0: am actually. Is this, is, this, is this going to be on
1: TV as like a candid <laughs> camera thing, a prank? You-
0: yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, well, um, I obviously could talk about this stuff for hours on end, but we don't need to do that today. So Andrew, what, what would be your final word of advice to offer our listeners um, about growing and supporting your network?
1: Make, make sure that you always lead with the idea of, of service and being kind and, and remove all of those detractors from that, from your network so that you can really grow and be of value and get value from that network.
0: Yeah, I love that. Give, give first, really, right? Give service first. I think that's great. Yep. If anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you?
1: I'm on LinkedIn. You can look up Andrew Deutsch. Uh, my, unfortunately, my fax machine and my telex are broken, so you got to find me there. <laughs> or you can go to our website, fangledtech.com. Or you can check me out on YouTube with the word Fangledcast, F A N G L E D C A S T, and check out the Fangledcast interviews. And uh, heck, send a fax, see if my machine's back online. <laughs>
0: All right. We will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today.
1: I I had a blast. Thanks, Thanks so much for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. Huge thank you to Andrew for taking the time to connect with us. Again, if you haven't connected with me on LinkedIn already, I highly recommend you take a moment to do that. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.